Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod coming at you with our week 14 Thursday night football preview, Cody. Playoff matchups being determined this week for a lot of people. Uh, I don't know about you, I've got one league specifically that I am kind of biting my nails on. The rest of mine are pretty determined. Uh, how many playoff matchups are riding on this week for you? So if you listen to our week 13 breakdown, week 13 breakdown episode, I thought that I was out in the majority of leagues, but um, today in a notebook, I actually wrote down the six events that I need to have happen to get into the playoffs in one league. So got a nice little six leg parlay basically to make the playoffs. <laughs> And then um, in another league, I just have to win, and the other guy has to lose. Our points four, I'm I'm well ahead of them, so just need some some luck to go my way in that league, and I can sneak in. So uh, two that I'll be watching closely. Our league, I ha- at least have a bye week wrapped up, worst case scenario. So not really too worried about that one. And then uh, just in a nice dynasty league, we're locked into a playoff spot. Can't can't secure the bye, so. Just uh, hoping to avoid injuries in those two leagues this weekend. Very nice. I uh, I thought I was actually locked into the playoffs in all four of my leagues, but I realized that uh, the, this, uh, the one league I have a head-to-head tiebreaker instead of a points-four tiebreaker, so that changes the math a little bit there. Got a win to lock my spot in or have uh, one of the other league mates lose. So that's my only one I have. Uh, this, this week for me is kind of oddly sort of just like a buy on most of my leagues because my... Uh, no, just seeding three through six is the only thing I had to determine that ends up not mattering too much a lot of the time. But yep. let's go ahead and get into uh, the podcast stuff here. Uh, before we do, as always, please uh, go ahead and throw a five-star review on there. Uh, give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a comment if you're on Facebook or any other platform. We always appreciate any feedback from you guys. Uh, we will take any and all listeners. Uh, but... Moving into my oh, news and injuries one, section. One oh, thing, go ahead, go if ahead. you are listening and you don't follow the Twitter, go give the Twitter a follow. I'm going to get a lot more active yes, on absolutely. there as we uh, get into the last few weeks. I've been just posting the podcast there, not really adding any extra fantasy content, but the Twitter is going to be a, get a lot more active. So if you haven't swung by there yet, go ahead and give it a follow, and uh, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully Twitter itself is still alive by the end of this football season. But uh, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving on to the news and injuries section here. Uh, just a few things to note uh, from Wednesday practices. Obviously, this early in the week, we don't have all the information, so you just got to stay up to date and then listen to the full week fourteen preview. I will have a lot more uh, to go over there, but. Uh, this is the stuff that I do have. Baker Mayfield claimed by the Rams. I'm a little surprised anyone claimed him, honestly. They take on the rest of his contract, but Rams are pretty desperate. I guess they just kind of want to see what they have here in Mayfield. Uh, there are some rumblings that Stafford might retire at the end of this year. Wouldn't really blame him. He's got a Super Bowl, and that neck injury is a, a scary one for an older quarterback. So maybe the Rams are just trying to see what they can get out of Baker Mayfield here. He actually might start tomorrow uh, because I don't think the Rams are going to turn back to Bryce Perkins, and uh, John Wolford is right now is questionable. I think he would stay the starter if uh, if he's able to go, but Baker Mayfield could walk in the building and be the starter for the Rams uh, a little sooner than, they'd prob- than they would probably hope. Uh, Wayne Gallman. Signed to the practice squad for Seattle. Uh, All four of their running backs are banged up. Um, Both DJ Dallas and uh, Ken Walker did not practice today. So both of them have a chance of missing this week. 
Uh, Travis Homer did get in a limited practice as well as Tony Jones, but uh, Seattle just needs some running back depth. So if you're on a super deep leave and you got to go pick someone up, Gallman might actually be uh, the guy here in Seattle this weekend if it works out in his favor. Odell Beckham, he may not be ready to contribute at all this season. Got some uh, some some negative reviews on his uh, physical from the Cowboys. They did not make him an offer. So seems like the Odell Beckham hot stove has cooled a little bit. He might uh, just have to wait till the offseason to sign with the team for next year. We'll see where that goes. Mark Ingram, he's likely done for the year with an MCL injury. Obviously, this doesn't matter too much for his uh, prospects. This is more for Alvin Kamara owners. Could see an uptick in work there in New Orleans. As I said before, Ken Walker, he did not practice Wednesday. I would expect him to miss this week, but you got to keep your eye on that one. Lamar Jackson, he did not practice Wednesday again. Uh, he is almost certainly going to miss this week and probably one more, uh, and we'll just, again, have to keep an eye on that. Trevor Lawrence did not practice Wednesday. This one was a little surprising to some because he uh, finished the game uh, against Detroit, but he picked up a foot, inj foot injury at the end of the first half in that one, and uh, he is iffy to play this weekend, so that could matter. Definitely for your Christian Kirk and Zay Jones shares. I think I would be you know, trying to pivot off of them if it's C.J. Beathard instead of Trevor Lawrence this weekend. Cortland Sutton did not practice Wednesday. He is very unlikely to play, already downgraded to doubtful, so I would expect him to sit and maybe even miss a week or two after that. Again, the Broncos have absolutely no reason to rush him back. Uh, Tua, he was limited on Wednesday. I think that's a good sign for him. I would expect him to play this weekend against the Chargers. And then uh, Joe Mixon was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. He has a concussion, so you cannot count on him you know, going. Uh, sometimes those full practices can fool us, but it's good to see him on the field uh, fully participating on a Wednesday in, or this early in the week. Uh, so before we get into the Thursday night action and our best bets and all of that, we have a little section, uh, a little uh, this or that section for you. We're gonna go over some borderline guys, maybe some uh, you know streaming level quarterbacks, RB two slash flex types. Uh, same for the wide receivers, and just kind of give you a an outlook on the rest of the season for them and kind of how we feel about them temperature wise right now. So Cody was nice enough to put this segment together for us, so I will go ahead and kick it to him. Yeah, absolutely. So, just like you said, just want to get some temperature checks on some of these guys. Um, you know, some of these guys are probably low-hanging fruit on people's rosters, and they're probably wondering if they should get rid of them. Other guys may be uh, someone that wins you uh, a championship that you're not quite expecting. So, we'll start here with the quarterbacks I have. I have three here, and just kind of want to get you know your opinion on the three. We have Jared Goff, Derek Carr, and Tom Brady. Uh, personally, out of these three, if I had to pick one the rest of the way, it would be Jared Goff. He has good matchups against Minnesota and Chicago. The iffy part there is he does have the Jets the first week of the playoffs. So I think he's a great option if you have a bye. Uh, but if you are going to have to play that first week at the New York Jets, is a very scary matchup for Jared Goff. Yeah, you couldn't. I could have said it better myself. I think if I'm just looking at all four of these matchups in totality, I'm taking Jared Goff as well for the rest of the season. But I think if you can pair Jared Goff with maybe a Tom Brady or another streamer that has a better matchup in Week 15, that might be the way to go. Because like you said, that matchup at the Jets scares you. Uh, Jared Goff has been known to dud uh, when he does. You know, when he's off his game, it's a zero to five point situation. It's not you know a ten to fifteen point situation. So if you can maybe pair him with Tom Brady, start him at home against the Bengals in what should be a high-scoring game in Week 15. Jared Goff could get you, uh, you know, some good weeks, especially this week against Minnesota. Really like him, and then in that championship game against Chicago, I like Jared Goff a lot as well. I would be trying to pivot off Derek Carr. Uh, if you need to use him this week against the Rams, I think he'll be fine. But then the playoffs, he has a really tough slate. 
New England at Pittsburgh and San Francisco. That's about as tough as it gets for a quarterback. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there on Derek Carr. And uh, Tom Brady actually does have, you know, besides this week uh, against San Francisco, Cincinnati at Arizona and Carolina to finish the season. So if you're someone who drafted Brady and hold on held on to him, uh, if you got to win this week, definitely got to look for someone else out there. But after that, you could probably lock Tom Brady back in if uh, a streaming option doesn't become available. So, but I think I'd go Jared Goff, Tom Brady, Derek Carr out of those three. I think you'd you'd probably agree with that, right? Yes, I would. Yeah, I just think Goff's uh, ceiling in that Detroit offense is a little bit higher than Tom Brady's. Kind of crazy to say that at this point in the season, but. Tough to be too confident in that uh, Buccaneers offense after what we saw on Monday. That game was uh, rather ugly, even for a Saints-Bucks game. Those tend to be ugly, that one even more so. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and take a look at some running backs. And specifically, I think these all three of these guys would be uh, RB2s, depending on you know their situation on their team. But first one here, I got Jeff Wilson. Second, we have Isaiah Pacheco. And third, Deontay Foreman. Um, I think personally, if I had to pick one rest of the season, I would go with Jeff Wilson just based on um, you know his offense and his uses since he got to Miami. But uh, go ahead and give me your opinion on these three guys and, and how you project them out rest of season. Uh, we'll get to the other lists later, obviously, but I think this is my favorite list you have put together for us here today because these are just three three names that are all you know really close and really you could have reasonably picked up any one of these three or multiple of these guys within the last five to six weeks. So I could can easily conceive a few teams having these exact decisions to make. And personally, I like Isaiah Pacheco, uh, and it really comes all down to the schedule. The schedule lines up very nicely for him. These are all games you'd figure that uh, the, the Chiefs should win and win pretty easily. Maybe that Seattle game. Seattle gives them a run, but we've seen uh, what you know Josh Jacobs did to the Seahawks, and just in general, they have been giving it up to the running back position. So I think Pacheco's schedule especially just lines up really nicely for him. Jeff Wilson, I think, is a close second for me. Uh, that week, last week against San Francisco, just scares me a little bit to know that his floor is that low. I figured he had a little bit more of a touch floor than that. So uh, I do... Not mind his schedule. It's it's kind of up and down as far as Jeff Wilson goes, but Pacheco's schedule is absolutely juicy. And then Deontay Foreman would come in third. Don't mind him as an option. He has just a very up and down schedule. Uh, he has two really good matchups at Seattle this week, Detroit in week 16. We like both of those. Uh, but Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay are the other two, and those are both pretty tough. So I think I would slot him in a uh, the third position there, Pacheco first, Wilson second. Yeah, I, I do want to mention on Deontay Foreman, I know we've looked as at Detroit as uh, a soft matchup, but like you pointed out in our uh, Week 13 breakdown, Pollard and Zeke were the last two to put up 10 half-point PPR points against that defense. So um, even though Detroit probably is still not the toughest matchup overall, their, their running defense has gotten considerably better. So uh, I do think I'd have Deontay Foreman third. I'm still going to lean Jeff Wilson. Uh, you know, I know what we saw last week it definitely is not, you know, what you want to see. And ultimately now we know that his floor is probably the lowest. I mean, one one opportunity on the ground is, you know, kind of embarrassing, I would say. But um, I do think that his involvement in the offense, you know, if we're just going to look at him against Raheem Mostert, he has had more work since he's been in town. So, um, I, I just like him a little bit more, and I think that Miami should be more committed to the run game than they were against San Francisco. I think that they'll probably look back on that game and realize that they 
could have uh, committed a little bit more to the run game, maybe not put all that pressure on Tua and, and look to do that. So more of a gut call there, but just slightly have Jeff Wilson above Pacheco. Um, and then Deontay Foreman, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned rest of the season. Like we, like we said, you got Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Tampa Bay are your three playoff matchups, and none of those have been particularly nice to running backs recently. Yeah, I guess it's uh, it really just comes down to what you need between Wilson and Pacheco for me. Uh, Wilson's next three matchups all seem like uh, pretty exploitable teams. You got at the Chargers, at Buffalo, and then at home to Green Bay. That that Week 17 matchup scares the scares the life out of you, though. At New England, they uh, I think they have been the second toughest team against fantasy running backs this year. So Pacheco has a little bit of an easier slate at Denver, at Houston, Seattle, and then Denver once again in Week 17. Cody and I will have boots on the ground for that one. So uh, I get to watch Isaiah Pacheco beat up on my Broncos. Yeah, um, that the two, you know, Houston and then Seattle. I mean, that Pacheco's might get some people into some fantasy championships. He may just have Absolutely. some really good weeks there. That's a dream slate to start your fantasy see, uh, start your fantasy playoffs as a running back. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and go to the wide receivers here. Um, a couple, I would say, probably wide receiver three candidates, but um, these are guys that maybe you know, could get dropped depending on some of their playoff matchups. If you uh, need to go pick up a backup running back, you know, an extra quarterback, extra tight end, you know, these kind of names may be uh, the ones you look to drop. But we have Drake London, Jacoby Myers, and Adam Thielen. And I will start, I know Jacoby Myers is a little bit banged up and may not play on Monday night. So that is something to consider as well. Um, I think rest of season, if I have to choose one of these three, it's going to be Drake London, just based on the volume he's received since Kyle Pitts has gone down. But uh, that's really just a one to two week sample size. So they could definitely go back. And if they're leading in any game, I'd expect them to run the, you know, run the heck out of the ball and Drake London not really be used. But if I have to pick one of these three, it would be him. What is your uh, projection on these three guys rest of the season? That, that is surprising to me. Uh, I, I would not touch Drake London with a 10-foot pole in my playoff matchups. I just do not want to trust this Atlanta offense, especially the, the passing side of it for anything. Uh, the two first two matchups are a little scary to me as well. At New Orleans, at Baltimore, both those defenses are solid. And uh, I could see you know the Falcons kind of being shut down in both of those games. And then Arizona at home is a little bit better and obviously you'll not have to worry about weather where a lot of other week 17 matchups will but arizona's been notorious for stopping uh number opposing number one wide receivers so uh drake london would be in third for me here uh just purely based on my lack of confidence in marcus Mariota. jacoby myers is easily the number one out of these three for me if he's healthy but like you said that's a complication so you just got to watch his injury report but at las vegas cincinnati and miami uh cincinnati a little bit of a tougher matchup but one you'd at least figure they have to throw but las vegas and miami are bottom five against wide receivers as far as uh, giving up points so love both of those matchups you just hope jacoby can be healthy Uh, i think i would take the the chance on him being that so i'd go jacoby myers one adam thielen two uh we just we kind of know what thielen is he's just Boom bust three. If he scores, you're happy. If he doesn't, you won't be. And the matchups don't really matter that much for me with him. It just comes down to uh, if he gets into the end zone or not. Yep, absolutely. I, I I get your your argument there on Drake London. His matchups aren't very good. I think it's just that was more need-based than anything for me when I was thinking about him. Um, I do want to go ahead and ask you, I, I think you'd say no to Jacoby Myers, but Drake London, Adam Thielen, would you go ahead and drop both those guys for you know your RB1s backup, your RB2s backup, something like that? 
Yeah, if you don't need to play him, uh, if you are, you know, I, I think I would make sure you have at least one backup wide receiver uh, other than these two. But if you, you know, if you need to drop him for an Alexander Madison, need to drop him for a Kenneth Gainwell, uh, go ahead and do it. These guys are, you know, not going to, I just don't, I don't think they're going to win you your championship. Maybe they show something and end up being okay flexes. But uh, yeah, I think, I think these guys are definitely droppable in redraft leagues, no doubt. Alrighty, and then let's go ahead and wrap it up here with a couple of good tight end options. Uh, we got Cole Komet, Gerald Everett, and then Taysom Hill. Uh, I think Cole Komet and Gerald Everett we've both been you know relatively high on, especially with you know their upcoming schedules. And then Taysom Hill is always just that ultimate uh, you know if factor. So I will I'll go ahead and throw it over to you. I know you like Cole Komet and you've been vocal about Jared Everett as well. Where where do you see these three guys? And uh, if you had to pick one rest of season to carry through the playoffs, who would it be? Yeah, I think I'm going Cole Komet, especially in the absence of Darnell Mooney. I think he's going to be extremely necessary to the passing offense in Chicago. Um, he would be my pick, but I think if you can, you know, if you have Komet and Everett, these are two good guys to pair because that first week against Philadelphia scares me a little bit. Uh, they've been tough uh, against the the pass all season. So if you can, you know, throw Gerald Ger- Everett out there in a game against Tennessee, they have that pass funnel offense. We've talked about that the past few weeks. I think I would rather play Everett in that game, and then you can ride Komet uh, the last two weeks as long as you're still in it. But um, I think I would choose if I had to choose one, I'll go Cole Komet because I think he has the you know the highest target floor out of these three guys. Yeah, I think I think I'm also with you on there. There with Cole Komet. Um, what, what's your opinion on Taysom Hill? I mean, if you had him, would you potentially play him against Atlanta instead of Cole Komet against Philadelphia that first week? That's a tough one. I still think I'm going to go Cole Komet. I just, uh, I guess it just sort of depends on what you need. If you're in a, uh, you know, if you're in a situation where you get into a playoff matchup where you're a 20 or 30 point underdog and you you know need to swing for the fences, go ahead and throw Taysom Hill in there. He has a probably better odds of scoring two touchdowns than Cole Komet does, although he's done that a couple times this year as well. But uh, that being said, I think Hill has higher upside. So if you really need to swing for the fences, you can go Hill. But if, as long as uh, the game is anywhere near you know a close projection, I would probably just stick with Komet. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we're ready to go ahead and move it on into Thursday Night Football. You got some good best bets here for us, so let's go ahead and hear those. Alrighty, Cody. I uh, always like hearing your critiques of my best bets. These this week actually went pretty simple because uh, there's a there's a couple that I like uh, pretty decently, and then uh, my third one is a little bit more of a fun one. So uh, my first one is very straightforward. It's uh, the Rams money line and the under 44 and a half that you get that at plus 460. Uh, I just think this is a game where you know the Raiders are expected to win. They've been on a roll recently. The Rams have lost six in a row, and it just feels like a game that the Raiders are going to lose. This is just kind of what they do um, as as a franchise. They always kind of let you down when you start to trust them. And uh, if they do lose, I believe this game will go under. I don't see the Rams scoring a ton of points in this one. So if they do win it, I'm I'm seeing a you know a 17-14, 20-17 type of game. Yeah, every every primetime game with two decent offenses that we're expecting a lot of points to get put up. It just seems like there's it's either a slow start or the fourth quarter just is completely boring. So I I'm all with you on the under 100. Um, percent Rams money line I think is a little bit risky. I think I maybe see what just the Rams plus six and the under is, but 
like you said, the, the Raiders are going to Raider. Whether it's this week or next week, they're bound to lose a game that they should probably win. So, And you got Sean McVay, who's supposed to be one of the best coaches in the NFL, currently sitting at 3-9. and nine. So I think he may be coaching for a little bit of pride the, uh, the rest of this year. That, that Rams offense showed a little bit of life against Seattle last week, too. Kind of took some heroics from Geno Smith at the end of the game last week to end up pulling that one out for the Seahawks. And uh, I don't know. I could see Derek Carr, you know, not pulling out the, the the stops at the end of the game like Gino did. So right. I think I would. That's where my bet lies on the, on my first one. The second one, kind of uh, in conjunction with the first one here, it's just the Raiders total points uh, from eleven to we're we're, we're expecting them to, to land between eleven and twenty. That'd be at plus two forty. Again, uh, I just expect this Rams or uh, this Rams team to kind of show up a little bit. Hopefully, hold the Raiders to uh, you know a little bit of a lower score. But these these options with Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, I don't expect them to be completely held down. So I think uh, if the Rams are going to win this game, I expect the Raiders to score 14, 17 points somewhere around there. And uh, if they do that, then they'll fall in this 11 to 20 bank, and you get over two to one on your money. So I like that. Yep, I like that one as well. And uh, just the way that if, if you believe the game is going to play out the way Nick does as well then yeah it just makes sense to take this at, at plus 240 for sure and then my last one another fun one where we're going to get one of these first td calls at some point in this series here uh i'm going tyler higby first touchdown at plus 1700 this would not only be the first touchdown of the game but it would be tyler higby's first touchdown of the season he's due uh the raiders uh d- defend the pass worse than they do the run so i'm just hoping that you know, Higby is a lot, is more necessary to this offense, and he gets in the end zone for the first time this year. Just seems like uh, you know one of those things where he is due to to cross the, the the line there with all the targets he's had this year. I can't believe he hasn't had at least one touchdown. Yeah, I I like that one as well. Um, at plus seventeen hundred, you can't you know dislike it too much. Tyler Higby's you know still probably their. I mean, he might be their number one pass catching option on that team now, and you're getting that at plus seventeen hundred. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that one. I think your only concern there is, you know, can the Rams get down the field and score a touchdown? So I know they were able to <laughs> last week, but that's your only concern is with this yeah. offense. You just you just never know, and hopefully it's not Baker Mayfield if you have that bet. So, um, right. But, no, I, I don't mind that one. I actually also don't mind uh, Foster Moreau is just slightly above uh, Tyler Higby. So even if you want to put it on Tyler both the tight ends, tight ends sneakily get a lot of first touchdowns. A lot of design tight end uh, um, plays end up, you know, kind of springing wide open. I think I've seen Detroit do it multiple times these past few weeks. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've started to like tight ends, especially if you can kind of get them at these plus 1,500, plus 1,700 numbers. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna throw. I'm probably gonna throw five or ten bucks on it, and uh, you know, fight my nails with the the listeners if you guys are riding with me on that one. Uh, but those are my best bets for the week, Cody. If you want to go ahead and take it away with the game preview. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and take a look here. Um, first, let's go. Our Las Vegas at the Rams. Obviously, Vegas favored by six. Over under forty four and a half. Let's go ahead and start with the Vegas side. Uh, Derek Carr, we mentioned him earlier. I think that this is a solid week if you need to stream him. Um, If you do think that they're only going to score 11 to 20 points and you're willing to bet money on that, you probably want to look a different direction than Derek Carr. But if you expect the Raiders to put up two to three passing touchdowns, he's definitely a streamable option. 
Um, but just depends on how you see the game going. I have a couple of names here I'm going to throw to you. Really, would you play Derek Carr over any of these guys this week in a win-and-get-in situation? We have Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins in the same game, Brady at San Francisco, and Deshaun Watson at Cincinnati. Uh, give me give me Kirk and Goff over Derek Carr, but I'll play Derek Carr over both Brady at San Fran and Deshaun Watson at Cincinnati. Uh, Brady, again, toughest defense in the league on the road. Good pass rush just does not sound like a good formula for the way that offense operates right now. And then Deshaun Watson, I don't know how you could possibly trust him after what you saw last week against the Texans. Yep, that was the exact line that I had. That's why I put those four names together. So right there with you. Um, the running... Running back room, Josh Jacobs, wide receiver, Devontae Adams. Both those guys are must-starts. Um, two names I think are a little bit more questionable. First, wide receiver, Matt Collins. Personally, I'm looking a different direction. Um, again, I don't, I'm don't. i with Nick. I don't think the Raiders are going to you know, blow out the Rams by any means. And if anyone's going to have a good receiving day, it's going to be Devontae Adams. I don't want to put... Uh, my season on the line, or at least what might feel like it on Thursday Night Football, in the hands of Matt Collins. You're you're really hoping for a touchdown there, and and you know a lot of receptions. So, um, and then the last guy, Foster Moreau. I think he's very similar to Tyler Higby to me. Um, you know, probably three or four receptions for thirty to forty yards, and you're just hoping that he finds a touchdown uh, this game. So, Nick, do you have any differing opinions on Matt Collins or Foster Moreau? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't love trusting Hollins, although I don't hate it. I'd probably take him over any Rams receiver, although that's a pretty low bar. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at a high-range wide receiver four territory if you're in a really deep league and you're desperate. You can throw him in there, but uh, just know what to expect. It's probably going to be five or six targets, and, uh, you know, Matt Collins is Matt Collins for a reason. He, you know, is uh, you're probably looking at three catches for 40 yards most likely so not not an inspiring option and then foster moreau and tyler higby i agree it's a pretty interesting comp i'd probably just go moreau just in case um especially if it's uh, baker mayfield i just don't know where he's going to go with the ball yep i i hear you there let's go ahead and switch over to the Rams side here i think this will be a pretty quick conversation uh john wolford and i guess you can also include baker mayfield in here um there are six teams on by that only gives us 26 quarterbacks to play in a two qb league you're looking at 20 to 24 of them are going to have to be started so john wolford unfortunately found his way into my starting lineup this week in one of my two qb leagues so oh, no. um it, it it does happen out here i guess nick would you play Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, Kyle Allen, or John Wolford if you are in a sticky situation in a 2QB league? Well, uh, I think actually I heard today Davis Mills is back in the starting lineup, so I don't know if that Ah. changes anything about the Texans quarterback. I think they both, you know, profile pretty similarly as far as fantasy goes. I think that is the only guy that I would play. uh, I I would start Wolford over the Texans quarterback, and then I would start Darnold or Purdy over Wolford. Uh, Purdy Obviously, just has that San Francisco system. Doesn't have to do much himself. They kind of create a lot of yards for the quarterbacks uh, with the way Shanahan operates. And then Darnold gets an easier matchup against. Uh, well, you know, Seattle and, and Vegas are both bad, but I'll just I'll just trust Sam Darnold's track record. Since that's funny to say, but there is <laughs> a little bit more of a track record for him as opposed to John Wolford. So I'd, I'd go Darnold over Wolford, although not very confidently. Yeah, yeah. I, I put in for Brock Purdy, but I just didn't have enough fab left in that league to get him or Tyler Huntley this week. So stuck rolling with John Wolford. Hopefully he uh, actually plays tomorrow night. 
the running back have room, some rushing upside at least. You that's that. that's basically what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping he'll run touchdown in or something like that. I'm that's the one that I need six things to go my way this week for me to get into the playoffs. <laughs> so it's just accepting what what the truth is. Um, in the running back room, we have Cam Akers and Kyron Williams are the two guys there. Um, I think this one 100% depends on what you think the game script is going to be. If you are uh, with Nick and you expect this to be a close game and, and the Rams to even be winning and come out on top, I think it'll be Cam Akers is the guy you want. If you think the Rams are going to go down big and need to pass a bunch, I would expect Kyron Williams to see the field more. Uh, but it's still a complete crapshoot. just depends on your perspective of the game um you know last week cam Akers gets in the end zone twice i'm gonna bet that that probably doesn't happen again i think these guys are back into rb2 to rb3's best case scenario and worst case either one could completely bust on you if i had to play one in the matchup it'd be cam Akers, and i'd bench kyron for sure but um even if i have to win to get in i'm even still looking to find you know if it's a ppr you know I guess would you play Matt Collins in a full PPR league over Cam Akers in a win-and-get-in situation? Oh, man. Um, in a full PPR, I probably would take Matt Collins, honestly. I am just completely off of guessing where that Sean McVay is going to go in For this sure. running back room. I mean, we saw Kyron Williams um, you know, get a lot of the run the week before. Uh, you're probably right. It is going to come down to game script, and clearly I do think the Rams are going to stick in this one, so I should probably be a little bit more in on Akers than I am. Uh, but... I just don't want to, you know, this McVay-Shanahan coaching tree, uh, it's, it's extended now to Mike McDaniel now. You just never know what to expect with their running back shenanigans. They always just kind of switch things up. So I could easily see Kyron just getting more of the run, even if they're, you know, in the game, just, just because McVay's game plan went that way this week. So uh, I don't want to bet on these guys. Uh, Cam Akers, again, he, he did have a good week for fantasy last week, but 17 carries for 60 yards. Again, very inefficient against a bad Seattle run defense. So uh, surprisingly enough, Las Vegas' run defense has actually been pretty good this year on a per carry basis. They've been giving up a lot of touchdowns because their rest of their defense is very bad, but uh, they're in the top 10 in the NFL as far as yards per carry allowed. They've been giving it up a lot to pass catching backs. So if you want to take your shot on Kyron Williams, go ahead. But I'm just trying to avoid this backfield as much as I can, even though there's six teams on a bye and a lot of injuries. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You don't really want to be – really a lot of the Rams pieces and the ancillary Raiders pieces just – you don't want to feel like you're losing your win and get in game on a Thursday night. So even if Cam Akers puts up you know 60 yards and one touchdown, that's not going to win you your week. You can get that out of a lot of wide receiver threes that you know fall into the end zone any given week. So – I think the risk isn't really worth the reward that these guys can provide for you. Um, and you, Cody, let me ask you this. Yep. Uh, coming from somebody that might actually have to make this decision, um, would you rather start Cam Akers tomorrow night or, say, Kyron Williams, whichever one you'd, uh, you'd rather play, half PPR, or would you rather wait on uh, Ken Walker or just, you know, and you, you, let's say you have Ken Walker, you have the option to pick up one of his backups, although that situation is extremely muddy as well. Uh, what would you do if you were looking at playing either a Rams or Seattle running back? Did I lose you, Nick? Cody? Codes. Oh, Did there we, we go. There we go. All right. I had you all okay, the way up until back. the Did point you where question? you said okay. – um, or would you rather wait, and then that's whenever I lost you? Okay, so uh, playing a say, uh, Seattle running back or Rams running back. Say you have to wait on Ken Walker, 
And uh, that situation, you don't know, obviously, if he's going to be healthy or if anybody's going to be healthy in that room. Uh, would you rather just play Cam Akers, get the guaranteed points, or take your chances on any Seattle running back? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume that this is a win-and-get-in situation just for relevancy. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to go with Cam Akers as much as I don't want to. Um, I, Kenneth Walker, obviously, is a different you know story if he ends up getting, able, getting out there and being able to play, but I don't think... I mean, there's three to four different Seattle guys that it could end up being this week, and we have zero clue which one it's going to be. Like, at least here with Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, it's a 50-50 shot, and, you know, it's just what it what it's going to end up being. And I don't expect right. Ken Walker to play. I think there's just no reason for him to go out there and risk injuring that ankle with the, you know, kind of dream run Seattle has been on this year. They're, they're playoff bound as of now, and they could probably suffer a – another loss, you know, if Ken, if Ken Walker has to sit. So I, I would go Cam Akers out of all the all the Rams and all the Seattle running backs this week. Fair enough. I think he probably does present the highest floor of those guys as of now, too. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about the wide receiver room here for the Rams. Uh, one guy, really, that we have listed, and it's Van Jefferson. Really, I think Van Jefferson's nothing but a pure volume play, but it's going to be a low-volume pa- pa- passing offense, uh, most likely. He has not had a game over 41 receiving yards this season, and he has not had a game with over six targets. Um, really extremely TD or bust. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I would play Isaiah McKenzie, Adam Thielen, and Nico Collins all over Van Jefferson. Uh, Nick, do you have anything better to say, or are you also just kind of completely avoiding this pass game if, if you can? Or yeah, at least I know a lot of people room. are – a lot of people are down bad in fantasy right now. I know it's tough right now. Lots of injuries, lots of buys, but please don't play Van Jefferson. There's got to be a better option on your waiver wire or on your bench somewhere. Uh, I just can't imagine that you're backed into that corner. There's just too many options that play over Van Jefferson. If I had rankings, he probably wouldn't even be in the top, you know, 60 wide receivers this week. I think you're you're taking a you're taking a real big chance if you're throwing him in your lineup on Thursday. If he gooses you, you're gonna you know you're gonna feel stupid. Yeah, absolutely. And last name here, Tyler Higby. Um, I think he's pretty close to a tight end or bust. Or I did that again, touchdown or bust tight end. <laughs> but um, you know, that's just a thing now. Yeah, it's just the way it comes out. Um, so I do think that they do. They will need a little bit more passing volume for him to find that safe floor that he had earlier this year. But should be you know an easier matchup against the Raiders. Uh, just three names for you, Tyler Higby. Foster Moreau or Hunter Henry, go ahead and rank those three guys. I'll take Henry, Moreau, and then Higby. Uh, for Henry, it all comes down to the matchup. The Arizona Cardinals, uh, dead last in the league against tight ends. They basically give up a tight end touchdown almost every week. That's what Hunter Henry likes to do. So I'm going to take the bet on the matchup there with Hunter Henry and uh, take him over Higby and Moreau, especially if uh, if it's Baker Mayfield. I, I do not want to play him 48 hours after he signed with the team. Yeah, absolutely. Justin, actually, our producer Justin holds uh, Hunter Henry in our mini dynasty league, and I could not believe it whenever I went to go put a waiver claim in on him this week that <laughs> someone was rostering Hunter Henry. But um, yeah, that Made one. Made a long game for this matchup. Yeah. yeah, that one stung a little bit, but that's going to wrap up Thursday Night Football preview. Um, I don't really have too much more to add here, Nick. Do you have anything else for the people before we get them out of here? 
No, I don't think so, guys. Just uh, be on the lookout for the full Week 14 preview. We'll probably record that tomorrow night, get it out to you on Friday. So if you have any lineup decisions to make for this weekend, be sure to check that out. And uh, as always, we include the time codes in there for you in the description so you can jump to the matchups you need to listen to. Absolutely. And we will get another Best Bets pod out this uh, this week. My Best Bets yep. have uh, fallen completely apart these past couple weeks, but that just means it's time to right the ship and uh, get back on the winning trail. So that's our plan. It's all about the ebb and flow, bud. You got to stick with the uh, stick with the system here. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get it back and uh, get it, get it going again, like we had in the middle of the season. Absolutely. All right. Peace out, everybody. See you guys. <laughs>